Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Ken Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at The Smoke Sheet. That's right. The Smoke Sheet's a weekly barbecue newsletter featuring media, events, news, recipes, and more from the barbecue world. It was started by Ryan at BBQ Tourist and Sean at NYC BBQ. Be sure to sign up for their newsletter. You can go to their website, bbqnewsletter.com, to sign up, and you'll receive The Smoke Sheet weekly in your inbox. Every week you get barbecue news, you get recipes, you get what to listen to, what to read. It's a, it's a really great, well-rounded uh, newsletter that they do a lot of work to put together every single week. Yep, highlighting upcoming large events in the barbecue world and spanning the country and even the globe when necessary. A lot of Texas news, of course. Um, so make sure you sign up for The Smoke Sheet at BBQ Newsletter. And you can also give them a follow, The Smoke Sheet, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, and give them a follow on their personal accounts as well at BBQ Tourist and at NYC BBQ on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure you let them know that you heard about them from us and sign up for their newsletter. Get some barbecue news every week. And here we are today in East Austin with Robert Jacob Lerma, RJL, Bob, or as my mom calls me. Bob, really? She calls you Bob? Yeah, funny story. Uh, I mean, I'm named after my father, Robert, as well. For some reason, thought it was a cute idea to put Bob uh, down on my birth certificate and Bobby actually on my social security card. So, makes for a fun time going through traffic. <laughs> I mean, going through TSA at the airport because I have most of my cards say Robert, but I have that one license that says Bob. That, I know. As much traveling as you do, I mean, I'm sure it's, it brings up some interesting airport situations yeah, for you. Every now and then, somebody will make it difficult. They're like, "What's Bob?" I was like, "What's well, a derivative <laughs> of Robert?" But Let's wait for them to call their supervisor. Let me go on my way. So, like, with, with cars and titles, you have to sign it with your legal name? Is that yeah. ever a problem? Yeah. You know, you're I mean, not used this, to signing it that yeah. way, yeah? I mean, at this point, my signature looks nothing like my name. So, I'm sure <laughs> they can decipher that. Then, great. Good for them. There you go. And, and if you're listening to this episode, clearly you're a barbecue fan because I don't know why on earth you would listen to us ramble about barbecue if you're not a barbecue fan. But if you're a barbecue fan, you've been It's in certainly this not the entertainment. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly not our <laughs> Well, you know, I have a little bit of Tourette's and I will agree with both of you. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously if you're listening to this, you, you've been involved in the barbecue fandom and interest for a long time. And as we've, as we've gotten to watch this whole barbecue world become such a bigger thing than, than just a backyard, which is ironic because that's where we are, it's, it's interesting that you've kind of you've taken steps to bring it back to where it, it kind of began for a lot of people, and that's right in the backyard with friends, uh, a few nice drinks, and, uh, and a lot of good barbecue. So before we get into where we are today, let's talk about how, how barbecue became something more than just something you grew up with or something you were interested in. Well, to be quite honest, I, I did not grow up with what we call barbecue here in Central Texas. I grew up in uh, Southern California. Uh, my, my family is from South Texas, but my dad is military. So he was stationed out there, and I was born out there. And then when he passed away when I was 11, we stayed out there. But I grew up on I mean, Mexican food. I mean, that was that's my culture. So, I mean, it wasn't too out of the ordinary to have whole heads in my freezer, to have brains in my freezer. I mean, it's kind of like this cool thing now, but I mean, back then, I mean, that was survival. I didn't have my first 
brisket until I, uh, I started traveling back to Texas. Um, but when I think of barbecue growing up, it was more tri-tip. And really, it wasn't a defined thing. It was more a, a kind of get-together in a backyard, um, you know, hanging out with friends and family. Um, so my first foray into Texas barbecue was when I, you know, traveled back here in 2005 with my, it was my girlfriend at the time, and we had this, I forget which magazine, I think it was maybe a GQ or Esquire, and they had this list of places, and on that on that list was, you know, Southside Market, and, and Louis Miller, and Blacks, you know, and Kreitz, and we did that whole, you know, you know trip, so I remember going out to, to Taylor, and, you know, I tell Wayne this, this story all the time, and, and Bobby was at the counter, and he hands me this piece of, of brisket, <laughs> And and I'm not taking pictures. I'm just, I'm just a fan, or you know, it sounds cool because this is a historic place. So I was like, the fuck, let's go check it out. So he gives me this piece of brisket, and I was like, what the fuck? It's my my uh, my aha moment. I've never had something that good from 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 that flavor standpoint. And and at that point, I was went to you know Southside, I go to Blocks, and each one of these bites was something that was unfamiliar to me. And we would travel back and forth, um, you know. You know, I was still living in California at the time of graduate school. But each time we'd go travel to other places, and I wouldn't take pictures with the intent of sharing anything. But I was taking pictures with the intent of, like any tourist traveling anywhere. I was like, oh, this is a fun time. This is a cool place. This is, this is, you know, an experience. Let's take a picture. And that's where they sat for essentially eight years, till 2013. And, and what what happened in 2013? Um, well, it's it's kind of interesting because at the time, you know, so we moved here in 2008, and my my wife now is my my fiance at the time, you know, was a veg- vegetarian, and I was working for the sheriff's office, and and I had these these odd days off, either Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or you know, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I didn't know anybody, so but I knew I was interested in barbecue. So I had to travel, you know, bounce from place to place. And from 2008 to 2013, I was taking pictures with, uh, you know, not the, not the fanciest camera, but it, that wasn't the point. It was, I thought it was interesting. I thought the people were cool. I thought the, the food was great. What, what made you feel like you should take a picture? Like what, why should you record that moment? Because yeah, this was before the Instagram days yeah. or the days of social yeah. media where well, you took a picture of everything. Just like, did. I think, I don't know if everybody goes through a, a photography phase where they, 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 they find themselves wanting to, you know, document that moment in time. It was like, I was there. Uh, I, I went and traveled here, right, with this, at it, this it place. It wasn't a selfie. No, I do one <laughs> selfie a year, which is, which is funny. Uh, that's, a, that's another joke. But, you know, at the time, I, I didn't know a lot of people. I was working at the sheriff's office. I didn't have a ton of, like, personal friends because we I was always working. So somebody, I forget who, said, you know what, you should start a Twitter account. And so then you can meet other people who are into barbecue. And I thought it was like a cool way to connect with other people. So I, I start one in, in May of 13. Daniel calls me at the time. And I know Daniel for, for a while before that. He was you know, doing full custom. And he just this got, is Daniel Vaughn for those He got, yeah. you know, put in his position. And uh, he gives me a, a call and says, hey, we'd like to profile you in Texas Monthly as photographer of the month. This is a new series that we're running. And it made me it made me nervous because I'm not a photographer, I'm just a guy. I was a fan, like all all of us. So uh, that created some anxiety, and, and I tried to talk him talk him out of it. And he's like, "Bullshit! Send me some pictures." I sent him some. So I sent him some portraits. You know, some people who are you know have now passed, Monroe Schubert from Prousey, and some other portraits. You know, Virgil Watts was one of my favorite ones from out in San, you know 
Watson Watson, San Augustine, and some of these, you know, people that, that I would become close friends with. And that kind of set the, I get wheels in motion. Um, because now I'm, I'm a barbecue photographer, because that's how it was listed, barbecue photographers. So I didn't know and what that was supposed to mean. There wasn't many at that time. Like, yeah. this, was, this was well before, like, this explosion of Texas barbecue, this explosion of social media, where anybody that has a, a, a phone is a, is a photographer, right? So this is, this is, again, back to people that had equipment, that knew photography, that spent the time to look at the light and the, and the locations and kind of scope out the pictures and, and take the effort to make it a statement when you took a picture. Yeah, and you know, and I'll fully admit, uh, I was shooting on automatic with a cheap ass camera. I had no idea what I was doing from a technical standpoint. I, but I knew in my mind how I wanted to capture people, capture a place. And for me, at the time, food was not interesting to me. It was more the the, the place and, and, and the person. It wasn't as sophisticated for me as far as crafting stuff. It was more uh, a, a creative outlet because my, my my day job was just so analytical, and and this was a way for me to to have an outlet. And the more I did it, the more I, I became enamored with the people and the culture, and less about the food. And, and let's 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 pile as much meat on a plate. I was so fascinated with this thing that was so historical and, and, and revered by so many people that I wanted to kind of document it. And you know, this barbecue photographer or this influencer—that's why we, I mean, we can probably get to that—is so asinine to me because because you know I've had conversations with a lot of these people and. They talk about, if not me, then who? I remember 2009 sitting in, in, in Louis Miller with Wayne. He's lecturing me on this, my images, and I'm so dismissive of what he's telling me. And he's, he's, he's like, a, like a father figure telling me that I have this obligation, not an obligation, but a responsibility because there's nobody else doing it. And it was, for me, it made me uncomfortable because that was a lot, that was a lot of pressure to hear that from, from him. And, you know, we're obviously pretty good friends. He's here cooking. Um, but then I started to really think about what I was doing. And it really didn't really set in and, until I, I, I remember having dinner with, with Allison Cook. And, uh, you know, we've become, you know, close friends. And I'm talking to her about my images. And she's asking me questions. And, and um, again, I'm being pretty dismissive. Like, this is a thing I do for fun. And she scolds me and says, you know, I, I looked at a picture of, of City Mark in Luling. And I remember an experience I had with, with, with my family. And as she started to cry. And that's when I started to really understand what these images, to, what they meant to people. And it became so much more than I'm going to go and take pictures. I'm going to go in and document this. It became like this is, this is in a way, you know, telling a story of people who in a lot of ways would never get their story told. And I thought that was pretty damn cool. That was my contribution. And, and I think as, especially the, the way you hit it, you know, it's not about a picture of pretty food with a lot of colors on it. It's about the people behind it that make the food. And it's about, you focused a lot, obviously, and we'll talk about, you know, pits and, and the devices, but it's a lot about what it takes to produce that food and, and all of that that's behind that. What you were documenting those early days were, were a piece of Texas history and a piece of American history that, to that point, just, I mean, there were a few people doing it, but there, it wasn't something that people thought, oh, I need to make sure I capture this moment. Because it, it was, it was just a meal for people, a cheap meal a lot of times for people that just wanted a piece of sausage at lunch or just wanted a piece of brisket at lunch. 
and but for a lot of people and, and I know you, you pointed out Allison as an example it was a memory and, and, and barbecues become a memory receptor for a lot of people of, of a specific point in time where they might have been sitting down with a family member that's no longer there or it might have been the place they went every Wednesday with their with their mom and their dad you know and that that little dining room may not mean much to person a and person b but to person c it might mean everything it might mean what what that family did every single week and and you kind of capture that in the early days when before before it became something you even consciously thought about did you feel a sense of responsibility or or how did it feel when you started to to kind of get what that meant to some people well uh, it made me i think it'd be a lot more thoughtful with um, you know how I was approaching what I was doing, it was it was less a, a hobby and less a, a thing to fill time. It was and it was became now so uh, now more uh, um, I guess a way to. For example, you know there are many pe- people I've 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 photographed who are no longer with us, and and to have the Black family say, hey, we'd like to use your picture of Edgar at our funeral. Monroe's family asked, we'd like to use your picture at our funeral. Tootsie, we'd like to use your picture of Hershey at our funeral. And those are extreme examples, but uh, but to me, I mean, that's very much more what I'm trying to to, to, to capture. And, and there's a lot of value in, in, in somebody wanting to have something that I took of a moment of their loved one at a place where they're having, you know, essentially saying goodbye. Um, you know, I have, I'm fortunate to you know, be friends with a lot of these people that people call celebrities. And, you know, again, I don't, I don't use those terms and I don't see them that way. You know, it, it, to me, they're normal people who do a lot of the same normal things that we like to do. And, and I, and, and it's, I don't think it does the community justice to, to uh, uh, elevate people to that deity status because so many other people who don't get the accolades are doing just as hard to work. And if anything, more so, um, I want to highlight them. I want to look for, for really cool stories, hardworking people, a place that, that, that is maybe off the beaten path. Not because I want to be the first to say, hey, this is great stuff, but because it's, I think it's fucking cool to be a part of, of somebody's elevation as, as a restaurant. And you know, I have a number of examples, and one of the most um, memorable for me is, you know, I, I remember you know, four or five years ago, I was traveling up to, to Lubbock, and I had talked to Daniel uh, before. I was like, hey, are there any good places heading up to Lubbock? And he's like, no, not really. There's, there's really not anything. But there's this little place called Evie Mays. Give him a holler. So I'm, I'm driving up there, and I, I think I'm outside of, like, Big Spring or Abilene around there, and I give, I give them a call. It's, it's around midday, probably around noon. Mallory answers the phone, and I say, hey, this is Robert. I'm living in Austin. I'm coming up to, to Lubbock. I'd like to stop by at your place. Say, well, give me a call when you get 15 minutes out. We're just at home hanging out. I just found that fucking odd. You're, you're, you're at home on a Friday during lunch service. It's like, okay, I can follow instructions. So I get closer. I give, I give Mallory a call. And she tells me, Arnest is going to meet you out there. So I go and meet everybody, and, and Arnest presents me this platter. Mallory brings me her desserts and sides, and I'm like, what the fuck? You're at home <laughs> during service? And, and this is some of the best food I've had in a long time. So I do my same thing, take my pictures, you know, you know talk with Arnest, talk with Mallory, try and understand what they're, they're trying to do. And, you know, at the time, they had this little shack in a dilapidated strip, not even in 
Lubbock. It's in Wolferth. Who the hell knows what Wolferth yeah. is? I mean, we, we didn't know many no. times. We we may still not know, to be honest. <laughs> we've been there many times, there, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, send my pictures to where they need to go, and and you know they go to Yeti and some other you know publications, and to be a part of that moment where 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 they were still kind of growing, and to have these pictures from at that time, and to see where they are now. I mean, that was my contribution to be able to to share my experience, to share their story, to share my images of of a place and they were they were so apologetic of their place and it and for me it resonated because i was that person as a kid i didn't want to take anybody to my house because there's roaches and there's bunk beds in the living room and i was fucking dirt poor so you can identify that and it helps us build rapport which leads to very authentic imagery if if arnest is unaware of me being in front of him because he's so comfortable with me being in in his space then he's not going to know i'm taking a damn picture and that's i think leads to for me, because uh, uh, we were like, how do you do it? I was like, well, I really like the people that I'm hanging out with. I hang out with these people. They're some of my best friends. And now they're just fucking kicking ass. They have this, this great building. I mean, Arnest is building pits. And it's so remarkable to see great people like that do good stuff. You know, I have an example like that with, with Leonard and a, a number of these other people. So how could you not be, be, be happy and ecstatic for these good people making a living doing something they're very passionate about? I don't take that lightly. And now that I have this audience, and if for some reason people like to, to, to pay attention to what I'm doing, I'm very cognizant of, of where I go and what I say and, and who I'm with. Because, you know, I, I don't want to misrepresent any place. I don't want to... And the last thing you'll hear me say is this place is terrible. And it's funny, John, Johnny B. You know, Brotherton, you know, used to have this conversation... He's nice to get on his ass for, for chewing out places. Every now and then, if there's somebody's an asshole, by all means, whatever. But, you know, it's not our place to put somebody down who's working their ass off to, you know, to put food on, on their family's plate. I mean, who the fuck am I to go and say this place is shit? I'm just a guy coming in, and I happen to have a bad experience. If I have a bad experience, I'm not going to go share that with the world. I just, that's just my bad experience. There's no need for me to, to pontificate with my audience, as it may be, that this place is bad. You know, you have no idea the variables that go into that. But, you know, where I am today, I think, is a testament to a lot of the people that, that I've met along the way. And I, I, I take every image in place and visit and, and relationship very serious. And, and, if, and if there's something I can do to help elevate a place, then I'm going to do it, whatever that may be. So I, I think one of the things that, that you really like to promote is kind of authenticity in barbecue. Um, authenticity and what people are doing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about kind of what that means to you? And I mean, what what makes barbecue authentic? What makes people that are in the barbecue world authentic? Well, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm, I'm not out here to be the most popular or to have everybody like me. I, I firmly believe if everybody likes you, you're probably doing something wrong. I, I, I'm, I, I have these firm convictions on what I believe is right and doing the right thing. How it relates to barbecue i don't know if it's if there's any right way i mean i prefer to have have it revolve around fire just due to the historical nature about it but you know whether we're in in, in south carolina or or california or kansas city or anywhere in between there's a, a various definition of what that is and it may be a verb it may be an adjective it may be a noun and and i don't think anybody's wrong you know so if i go into a place and they're wrapping with 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 foil versus paper i mean is it going to taste as as great as probably the, the paper, but who the fuck am I to say how to do things? Um, you know, I have a preference. Everybody has a preference. Uh, 
but um, my position is is to not to go and again cut people down. So I I live my life by being a, a, authentic. And if somebody calls me and asks me for feedback, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to be an asshole, but I'm going to give them hopefully some insightful information to hopefully they can use that to to be better. And I think why I have a lot of my friends is because I think they appreciate that authenticity that when they come to my house or when they when they go travel with me or when I go to their place they can rely on what I'm saying as being valid and they may not agree with it but I think they appreciate that honesty what are some of the changes that you've seen in barbecue in your time that started from a very authentic place of you just going to places in small towns and seeing these hard-working people to people that I mean there are people that are legitimately starting out from day one hoping that they become the next big thing in barbecue whether that's right wrong or indifferent it's a reality of where we are in barbecue these days what are some of the changes that you've seen in barbecue since since those early days where you first fell in love with it well i mean to to a lot of the classic places i mean i don't know if they're any better or worse but if when you benchmark them against aaron or you benchmark them against you know sio or leonard are they better than those places are they have they changed i think for a lot of these places they've remained consistent and other people have have evolved their methods and i think it does a disservice to go and say hey kreitz and, and what roy's doing is is wrong because 10 15 years ago everybody was praising how well roy was and i don't think roy really gives a shit about you know what everybody else is doing. I mean, as evidenced by, he never travels to do any events. He doesn't care. He's there to do, do a job, take care of his customers, and clearly they're doing pretty good without a lot of the accolades. Same thing with Smitty's and same thing with Blacks. But when you see people like SIO or, 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 or Leonard or you, even you go outside of the state, Billy or, 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 or even in Mexico, Namada, is it as good as those places? No. But is that a fair uh, assessment? Is that apples to apples? I don't think so because these people are are sometimes using refined methods. These are these are trained chefs. They're using the best products available. Not like some of these other places where they're doing what's available to them, and they may not have the capital to go and get the wagyu brisket or the prime brisket. They're getting what's available, and that's more to the roots of where barbecue started. Well, I think that's one of the things that we we like to. To enjoy is that we like to go to these places and it's like a time capsule it's a point in barbecue history that is still there and and we don't want like as the perfect example you know you mentioned kreitz we, we've said it before we hate saying those that phrase but we don't want kreitz to use you know wagyu brisket we don't want kreitz to use kosher salt they use table salt we want those things to be like they Authentic. always were yeah and i and and i didn't want to use that word but, but it's I true mean, yeah. i mean that's in line with with what this thing is i mean you, we we talk about this this thing that we like whatever it may be but do we really want to force everybody to be the same no. i think that's fucking boring uh, i don't want to go to to Ventil's place and see see uh, uh fancy brisket or these craft sausages i want to go there and have have you know a sausage and and sa- sandwich turkey, with turkey him sausage and just hang yeah. out with him yeah that's my intent to go when i go there when i go when i go to these other places where it'd be prousey or smitty's it's to really just have a great time yeah i mean we we can't say enough about like, like prousey is a good example yeah we, were there last weekend. yeah we were there last weekend we talked with the family and and it's just such a great experience to go and it's not about are they serving craft prime brisket barbecue that's that's not what that experience they're is about their community yeah if they're, if they're serving a community that's used to 
four ingredients in a sausage that's been the same since 1953, why would you change it? Like, this is what your community's grown up on, this is what and their, their kids have grown up on, you know, and whether their kids are now adults and taking their kids in there, this is the, the experience they expect, and while it's, it's tempting to try to, you know, keep up with the popular things, it's, it's still a thrill for people like us, and I, and I know it's easy to get into the whole, you know, beef belly burn-ins, and all the crazy great stuff that we love about craft barbecue, it's still those experiences of, of going to small towns where you're getting a, a $2.50 sausage that's got four ingredients. That's It's still ex- as exciting to us as coming to an event like we came to tonight where you've got some of the most talented, passionate cooks in America cooking some of the best product that's available to them. You've done a backyard barbecue series that has grown um, outside of your own backyard this time. Um, and th- this is this is a massive event. I mean, we've got um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight or nine different styles of pits here total. If we count them all. Um, you, you know, this is this is a big event. You've got sponsors that have come in. And like you said, you, you had people that flew in, and, and I'm not going to blow this up as 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 to try to blow up anybody's head or anything. But tell us about this. Good luck with and, that. I'll yeah. never get there. <laughs> but tell us about this. I mean, I mean, this is this is an amazing event. Like you said, I mean, people flew in on their own dime to cook food for other people because they enjoy this event. So tell us, why are you doing this? Well, I mean, I don't, I, I wish I had a plan and I wish I had a, a, a more concise, very pithy reason, but it really evolved from me wanting to say thank you. So the first one was was inviting all my friends and, and, and family and neighbors over to the house for me to cook for them. And at the first one I had, you know, Reed guests from, from guest family. He was my sous chef and he's, you know, talented beyond belief, and he's helping me, you know, uh, fry tortillas and, and, and smoke beef cheeks. And people had a great time. And the intent is for me to have a great time and to have people sharing a great time and to share good food. But, but really, it's a challenge for me to take all these things that I've learned across my travels, working with chefs and, and people cook barbecue, and to try and emulate that experience at my house, to really dial it back. You know, it's not a restaurant. It's a, it's a home. You can you can you can put everything aside. I just want you to have a good time. And gruesome legs. People are like, hey, when's your next one? So that one led into you know SIO not SIO um, Ernest Miguel Arash. You know, cooking with me at my house. Um, and we we're again we were like I, I challenged them. I, I told Arash I say I don't want you to do these things that you've done at the restaurant. I'm gonna I want you to to think about something you've been wanting to do, and let's come explore that. Same thing with, with Ernest, you know, same thing with, with um, Miguel. Miguel, you know, happened to do one of the dishes, his, his al pastor, but he was really just being creative. And, and at the end of it, people were like, I had a, a fucking great time. It really felt good to cook again, to, to be outside of the, an event, to be outside of the restaurant, to be outside of a public place where people were taking my picture and I was going to say, a lot of events these days have become this very media-heavy thing where they have to be always posing for the camera, whether it's, whether it's with fans or whether it's with media. And, and what we've heard, a lot of feedback, is that, that you know, the pitmasters, restaurateurs, they don't get to enjoy it because they're always kind of on, on stage, if you will, that, that's what's different about here. It's very relaxed. And, and if you recall, I mean, uh, how protective I am of that, the conversation we had, and the conversation I had with everybody who is, you know, has a, a thing, whether it be a photographer or a podcast or a video, I explicitly told them not to do that here. 
because I want everybody to be relaxed. I don't want everybody to be on guard. I can't say this. I'm being mic'd or I'm being filmed. And at, at least for a moment in time where everybody's puts their shit away and just and, and appreciates what they're doing. You go into any restaurant these days and you see people actually having conversations. No, they're on their fucking phones. So if, if anytime this is a brief moment in time where people are enjoying each other's company, they may not agree on politics or, or where we should go with climate control. But the point is, for at least six hours, nobody wants to fucking kill each other. It's not accidental. I mean, I, I, I pretend like it's, it's by accident, but it's very deliberate. Each, each decision I make uh, has some thought behind it, whether it's, it's who's cooking, what we're cooking, how we're cooking, you know, what we're doing, what the music's playing, who do I want here? And, and, and how it's evolved is I want people here who appreciate everything that we're doing. If you're going to come in here and, and be uh, Deb the Downer and you want to be negative, and I'm going to remember that and you're not going to get invited back. Uh, I don't want people to, to be here and, and be critical because that's not the point. At this at this event, one of the um, one of the people that are, are partnering with you quite a bit is Millscale. Um, a lot of different pits, from their backyard pit to thousand gallons to um, Asado style to um, I, I don't know what you call the what the technical name is of the the chicken hangers. Uh, they're domes. Domes. Yeah. Um, so you know this this is a partnership again as well that that you've put together and, and for a specific reason. Um, these guys are. are huge help to this event. I mean, this is a great thing to have all of these pits out here for the pitmasters to cook on. Well, uh, this is truly a partnership. Um, I mean, I mean, people want to give me credit, but really this is a, a we situation. You know, Matt and, and Caleb and the team at Millsco have been working their ass off to get these pits and, and grills ready for this week. You know, uh, Joey and the Fogo team has, has been hustling to get, you know, a fuel for us to make fires. Um, you know, Anella with Snake River Farms, I mean, she had no obligation to send what she sent to my house uh, for with the intent of us cooking here. Jason from Yonderway Farms, same thing with his chicken. And, and, and on top of that, all the people who, who, who cooked, what's their obligation? They have no obligation. So I think, again, uh, collectively, people want to be a part of something, and whatever that may be. But I, and I think they, what they see here is a a community and really a good time and again I don't want to be cheesy about it but I think again hard for you to find somebody who's not having a good time here and I work really hard to ensure people are having a good time here and I mean, you, you had a DJ even <laughs> you know Robin Wong from from Blood Brothers I mean this was every aspect of this food and drink um, like you said the people that were cooking the food that they were cooking the source of fuels the pits they were cooking on um, to the music and entertainment. I mean, it, it it was it was well thought out. The lighting here. I mean, we can we can look at it now as as kind of it's winding down. But um, even the even the place itself, which um, uh, Ben from Bangers, um, you know, this is this is a wonderful facility that that we're able to do this at. This is this is amazing. Yeah, and and this is their home. You know, we had to take the show on the road, but I think that that's a testament to the. I guess well, what this could be, it doesn't need to, it need to be stationary at my place. We can duplicate this experience theoretically at any place um, with the right people and the right you know, thought behind it. So, yeah, I mean, we had it you know, today at Ben's, Ben's house. You know, I have a pool being built because my son likes to swim. But, yeah, we take the show on the road, and, and the, sh the show must go on. And was there some anxiety because it was supposed to be at my house? And then, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, pool's not done. 
Sure, but you know, I think I think you know you have these conversations with people like, hey, let's have it at my house. Like, you know what? It's fucking great idea. Let's do that. So here we are. So so one of the things I want to touch on is is a picture, a photo that you made early on, um, that that was pretty iconic, and then you turned that into a project where you had a lot of pitmasters sign it, um, and then do charity around that as well. Um, this is the, the sign of the, the cow in the sky. I don't know how else you would describe that. Um, tell us about that photo and then also the process of getting the pitmaster signed and then the charity behind that. Uh, well, Brian, it was a Hereford cow, um, which is it's interesting because I just happened to be passing by this, this sign that was uh, on the side of the road in Corsicana, Texas. I was heading to a Dallas Cowboys game in December of 12, um, but didn't think anything of it, take a picture few months later after the whole um you know texas monthly you know this, this profile in 2013 i decide um that i want to do a little bit more and prior to that i had watched the cbs special with um uh, mike ritland from warrior dog foundation and i thought it was pretty cool what they were doing i happen to have a belgian malinois a family here in the military so it really made sense to me to want to do something for the benefit of that organization. What they were doing is is rehabbing canines who were coming back from war and with the goal of adopting them out. Previously, they were treated as property and they were destroyed. Wow. So my whole goal was to do something that would, that would be, that people would be interested to pay money for and then with the intent of, of donating everything to the War Down Foundation. So I, I thought this was, at the time, uh, my best picture which was something that was essentially neutral. It was a sign. And I thought, you know, it would be cool to get a few signatures. And those few signatures led to more signatures. And those more signatures led to 30-plus, 35-plus signatures. And a lot of people who are not here, no longer living. Um, some of the people, you know, who have never, you know, been on, on something before. So, you know, auctioned it off, raised, I forget how much it was, $15,000, $2,000. Got a check, met, met Mike at in Dallas, had some lunch, gave him the check. And um, that's kind of how it started. And we've been friends ever since. You know, he's, he has his own podcast. He, he does really good work with, with, with uh, veterans, and he's also still working with the foundation. And, and, you know, you traveled around Texas getting those signatures. And, and again, this is a, a good sign of you did this for your own reasons. I mean, you didn't do this because you wanted Instagram fame. You didn't do this because of a profit, because the profits went to charity. Um, and it, it's a great thing. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed at this point, but I don't care about money and I don't care about a status. And, and again, this is a, a thing that I was passionate about, you know, whether it be canines and military. And, and again, this has led to a, a lifelong friendship. You know, he, he's one of my dear friends and, and that's kind of how it started. So what is your, what is your favorite picture i mean what is the picture that means the most to you that you've taken so far oh uh, uh, that's a difficult that's like what's my favorite child um i don't know they, they all mean various things to me for various reasons you know i can look to you know the guys that next to me matt johnson with Millskill. yeah i remember the first picture i took of him and his brother i mean and to hear his parents talk about the contribution i made to their livelihood that means a lot to me you know, pictures I, I've taken of various people at early stages in their career or people I've taken of people who are no, no longer here. So I don't, I don't necessarily rank them. They all have a special meaning to me in, in some way. And Robert, we want a top 50 list of your 50. Yeah, I ain't going <laughs> yeah. to happen. 
What you've built throughout your, your personal journey through barbecue and, and what you've later built through your, you know, the career that you've built through your photography, you know, aside from the career that you built in the mental health field is, is commendable and it's been, it's, it's inspirational to a lot of people. There's a reason that the people that came here today came here, whether that's someone that was helping to cook, someone that was literally just flying in to come and eat and be a helping hand if they want to. You know, Zach Parker from Lexington, Tennessee came here. You know, I understand he helped a little bit, but he was just here to mostly support you and be part of the event. And it's a, it's a testament to what you can build if you're in this for the right reasons and if you, and if you really have a true passion, respect, and appreciation for, for what this barbecue world actually is. Not what Instagram tells you it can be or anything like that, but just a passion for the people that are putting their heart and soul into this every day. So, Robert, we can't thank you enough for, for letting us just be a fly on the wall and be in a, a part of this for, you know, an evening. It's been a thrill for us. It's been a heck of a lot of fun to watch these these people that we have so much respect for and, and that, and that frankly, we endear, you know, for whether that's pit builders, cooks, you know, just people that love barbecue as much as we do. It's been it's been a thrill for us. So we can't thank you enough for putting this together and, and what you built. And we can't wait to see just where your journey continues to take you through barbecue. Well, I appreciate you guys being here, and um, I see a lot of value in what you guys are doing, you know, talking to people from all walks of life. You know, you talk to people who, you know, from the smallest places to the biggest places, and I think you guys do, and I, I think I've said it to, to, to you before, uh, one of the most, uh, one of the most uh, honest and, 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 and authentic pieces with, with a true integrity than, than some other places and I think you know and I get it there's some other people who who have other motivations and that's fine do what they want to do I'm not going to go and have a conversation with them because again I have to support that and again going towards that that popularity aspect I know I say stuff that everybody doesn't agree with but I'm not trying to be agreeable with everybody I have this opinion and I'm you know I I don't want to be an asshole about it but I'm going to voice that I, I have this feeling about something and some people appreciate it. Some people don't. If I lose followers, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say it anyways. Um, my my goal is to not, you know, uh, uh, build a following that's based on, on, on false pretense. It's to be who I am. And if, if, if people don't agree with it, so be it. I, that's not the end of the world. But the point is for all of us to at least have an honest conversation about some of these things that we're passionate about. And for me, it's, it's, it's again, bringing people together cooking with fire the hard work the 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 integration from from the farmer to the rancher to the pit builder to the to the supplier of the wood to the guy actually spending time in a pit room cooking this food i I think all of those industries have been very humble you know and and that that's one of the things that i really enjoy about barbecue i think you know even though barbecue is currently very popular and you do get, you know, obviously there's TV shows with, with quote-unquote pit masters and whatnot on it. But but the underlying root of all of it, from, from the welding, like you said, to the farmer, to the cook, it's a very humble organization, a very humble process. Yeah, I mean, I think we water it down when we, uh, I remember having this conversation with Daniel in 2013, pit master. I mean, again, Sam Jones hates that term. I mean, you see somebody on, on a pit who they've mastered one pit, I mean, a, a true pit master can work on anything, and the, and those are the people who I more apply that title, and, and even those people don't like that title. Um, and I think we've elevated it to a lot of these people to a status that, that you know, anytime you have master, I mean, that, that, that denotes some type of, of, of power or, or status, and for a lot of these people, they're not that, and not because they're not good, it's because 
that I think that should be reserved to, to, to for the best of the best. If we're going to use that term, best of the best. You know, uh, I don't think we can have this nomenclature that, that that puts the same title with somebody who just started with somebody who's been in the game 40, 50 years. I think that does a disservice to the person. Same thing with a sushi chef. I mean, if you want to be a sushi chef, are you making sushi day one? No, you're cleaning fucking floors. And if you don't fuck that up, maybe three years from later they'll make you t- let you touch the rice. We have the same thing with the word chef and just how yeah. just thrown around. I mean, chef and and pitmaster, and then if you're a pitmaster chef, right? Yeah. It, it's um, like I said, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's just it's it's a real it's honestly a waste of time to try to compare what what Sam Jones does to what Leonard Patello does to what Zach Parker does. I mean, these are guys that service their community. They do their job every day, whether that their job is cooking a hog West Tennessee style, cooking a brisket Central Texas style. It doesn't really matter. These guys are, are there every day to do their job, to try to run a successful business as well as they can, whatever that business may be. And, Robert, we appreciate you putting forth the effort that you put forth all these years to kind of shine a light on those people, whether that's in a small town or a big city. And we can't thank you enough for, for what you've done, and we, we look forward to continuing watching what well, the journey brings you. Thank you, fellas, for having me on.